called COVID. I'm going to do part two of last Sunday, next Sunday, Lord willing. In fact, I've already got part two. I supplemented and, and, and strengthened part two because I left some meat on the bone last week. And I was ready to actually preach that this Sunday. But it looks like the Lord had different plans. I'm going to do that next Sunday, part two of that message. And there was a lot of encouraging feedback from that, that people were impacted by it. So I'm actually really glad I'm doing a part two on that because it really is something that was on my heart. But this message I'm doing right now is called, simply called COVID-19-666. And just to get, you know, just be, you know, blunt, I'm not saying that COVID-19 is the mark of the beast, okay? We're not saying that. In fact, we'll deal with this. You'll hear us dealing with this in one of our podcasts coming up in the next few days. So I encourage you to, uh, we'll look at, you know, some things there, but we'll be looking at some of the same things here. But I want to, I just thought, you know what, there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast. I hope you can catch them during the week because we're actually bringing to you, you know, six plus messages a week here. When you take the messages I'm doing plus the podcast I'm involved in, that's just six messages right there. I'm always working on seven messages, it seems, because pretty much always, because I'm always working on videos, too. So I want to encourage you guys to uh, check that out. And also, especially Friday, which would be Good Fight News, uh, the program that Chad does, that's when we're actually doing uh, the, the program on uh, Good Fight Radio. So I encourage you to check all those out. But I want to talk about this because I do believe that what's happening here is, I don't doubt that COVID-19 is very real, Okay. Uh, I don't doubt that it very likely came from a bat, whether the bat was at a Wuton uh, wet market or whether it was a bat being explored in the laboratory to create or marry viruses or to find better ways to fight viruses. I can't know for absolute certainty, but I do know this. By the way, I'm having a whole, I have some messages ready for you on what the Lord says about bats and about what the Lord says about uh, watching out for certain creatures uh, and so forth uh, that... This never would have happened if the biblical principles were intact and they were reflected upon. Uh, but we'll get to that another Sunday. I worked several hours, uh, probably over 100 plus hours through the last several years off and on in this. And these, these messages have been ready to go for something like this. In fact, almost about nine, 10 years ago when there was another serious flu, you know, I almost unre- I've revealed it then. I said, no, you know, I'll wait till another time. Boom, lockdown. Okay. And I'm going to be giving those messages in the not-too-distant future as well. It's quite interesting what God says and his wisdom and how it's rejected. And look at the situations we can end up in. But there is something definitely nefarious still going on. Whether you think this was an innocent thing or not, Lord knows. What we do know is that there are people who are in power who are exploiting the situation to enact a kind of a big brother type system that they're salivating to, you know. Right now, I mean, we have... Orange County was picked up by Governor Newsom in our state. Got to get this message done before he has somebody come in and arrest me here. You know, just kidding. Uh, uh, Orange County, the beaches are beautiful there, but they just singled out the Orange County beaches and they gave shots where it looked like everybody was touching each other almost, you know. Not the aerial shots. We saw that most people were pretty spread out and they just said, you can't meet there. And that shut off the beaches to millions of people here in California. But I thought about it because I was driving to do a podcast, some podcast shows a couple weeks ago, and Newsom was being interviewed on the radio as I was driving. I was catching up on the news. And one of the, the interviewer was asking him, don't you look at this as an opportunity? You know, are you guys talking about how this is an opportunity to implement some of your, you know, more of your bureaucracy or more of, you know, your vision for the state of California? 
And I thought he would be guarded in what he said, but he basically talked about how, how without using the word salivating, you know, he talked about how, oh yeah, we're, we're just so excited about what we're talking about uh, behind the scenes as to things we can implement now. Rahm Emanuel, who was leading up uh, President Obama's cabinet for some time, made that famous statement. I think it was Emmanuel. Uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Remember that? And what, what they mean by that is you could use a crisis that people face and you could use that to implement your politics. And we all know, I think, how many people died in Maine, was it? Six people or so of COVID-19? Yet it's been shut down or, or the government, you know, the mandate was to, you know, kind of interesting. Uh, so, and I know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very, very careful here because there were all these Monday morning quarterbacks that looked back and said, okay, why'd we do this? Why'd we do that? Why'd we do this? On both sides of the aisle when it comes to the politicians, you know? And I thought, you know what? Uh, and you can watch videos of the, the left pointing out guys on the right that were somewhat careless in some of their statements. And you can see huge videos of guys on the right pointing out the left. Oh, yeah. You know, New York governor, you know, mayor saying, oh, yeah, just go mingle with one another. You know, Nancy Pelosi saying, oh, Trump hasn't been handling this right. But guess what she's doing? She's going and hanging out in Chinatown, encouraging people to just all hang out with each other. But then she's acting like she was so careful and Trump hasn't been careful. And I just thought, this is so ridiculous, you know. And... Uh, so, you know, I want to, there's a bigger picture going on though. So as we get in this and we see the sparring going back and forth and everything, what a lot of people don't realize is basically we're not us, but society's like the frog in the pot, you know? And how do you cook a frog? You throw him in hot water, he'll jump out. But if you slowly turn up the heat, so that frog's just kind of, mm, this feels so good, relaxed, you know, and you slowly turn up the heat and then the water starts to percolate a little bit. He was like, wow, these nice humans taking care of me. Now it's like a jacuzzi. And before you know it, it's too hot. And he's poached, cooked. Okay. And that's what's happening. The government's going to take care of you. We're going to coddle you. We're going to meet all your needs. And the government tries to replace God. The government is not God. God's installed government. I gave some scriptures before recently in Romans 13 and in 1 Peter, you know, Paul and Peter talk about even though there was a tyrannical type government run by Nero who beheaded the apostle Paul, a government that crucified Christ, they said still obey your leaders unless they tell you to disobey the gospel, okay? So we've looked at that side of it, but at the same time, I emphasize that when the apostles were whipped and flogged and told that they couldn't preach the gospel anymore, they went and preached and they said better obey God than men, amen? So we always put God's word before man's word. doesn't matter what they say, you know, they throw me in prison by the grace of God uh, because I won't shut up and I won't keep preaching the gospel. What am I going to do? Keep preaching the gospel. I better. Uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, you know why? What if there was, what if all kinds of people were dying from COVID-19? I'm talking about not in the tens of thousands in our country, but in the, in the tens of millions. And we had the antidote and we knew we had it and it was healing people. And the government said, you can't use it though. And you saw people all around you dying of COVID-19. And you had the antidote. And the government said, yeah, but you can't use it. And there was no side effects. And not only, not only did it make them healthy, instantly all of a sudden they were cured, but all of a sudden they were happy, you know, and they had joy. You know, that's a, that would be crazy medicine, but guess what? 
we have something better than that kind of crazy medicine. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ, who's the power of God and salvation to everyone that believes, the Jew first and also the Greek. And the death rate of sin is 100%. The mortality rate is 100%. And we have the gospel. So it'd be criminal. It'd be unconscionable not to share the gospel, not to share the medicine with COVID-19 if you had it. People are dying left and right. How much more wicked would it be when people are being separated from God for all of eternity because of sin and we have the antidote in the gospel of Jesus Christ not to share it? Yeah, you should be ready to go to prison and death to get this good news out, amen? So we can't stop preaching the gospel. And guess what? With Good Fight Radio, if that gets shut down eventually because of the powers that be, and there are, there are leftist powers that would love to see the gospel shut down everywhere, you know that, that, that people wouldn't be able to speak for babies in the womb anymore, you know, and things like that. Well, guess what? If that happens and we lose the internet, that's, and that could happen before the mark of the beast even comes out. Good Fight Radio gets taken down. Well, guess what? Then guess where we could go? It's kind of hard to stop short wave. It's kind of a worldwide phenomenon. Then we go with short wave. So I'm really excited about the Good Fight Radio uh, situation. But I want you to turn to Revelation 13 because... The Bible talks about a system that's based on technology that will be based on a big brother antichrist system where everybody has to be, take a number to buy or sell. And that's where we're headed. Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. And in verse 16, it's specifically talking about the false prophet who gives, and it says he causes all. He causes all the free and that, well, says, he causes all the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, which then he tells us what it is, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. So the mark that people have to take in their right hand or in their forehead is either the name of the beast, his actual name, or the number of his name. Okay? And then in verse 18 it says, Here is wisdom, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. So as Christians, we're called, those who have understanding, to calculate the number of the beast. For his number is 666. Now, it's interesting when you think of this is a command for those who have understanding. By the way, it's really interesting because this is talking about the coming Antichrist. In the book of Daniel, it reveals much about the coming Antichrist. In chapter 9, it talks about him and how he'll abominate the temple. And then Jesus, in, in Matthew chapter 24, talked about those who have understanding. He quotes from the book of Daniel, or he refers to the book of Daniel and the abomination of standing in the holy place. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. And here it's, let those who have understanding regarding the Antichrist, that they're called to calculate the number of the beast. In fact, I love, more than any time in church history, I love to read the church fathers. That's when the church was most pristine in the first few centuries of church history, for the most part, before all these different false doctrines had come in. And there were some false doctrines they had to deal with then as well, just as Paul had to deal with them in the very first century and correct most of his epistles are correcting bad behavior, all of them pretty much, or bad doctrine. So I'm not ever looking at these as, you know, uh, the church fathers as a pure fount, but it's interesting to look at them because they recognize that the church would face the tribulation period. In fact, Irenaeus spent a lot of time actually counting the number of the beasts, calculating the number of beasts, who it could be. But then he stated that ultimately the Antichrist 
probably isn't here today because we still have the Roman Empire ruling and there has to be a dissolution of the Roman Empire, which there was not long after he said that, a dissolution of the Roman Empire and 10 nations that will rise that will give their power to the Antichrist. So he couldn't know then, but even though, he, even though Israel wasn't a nation at the time, even though uh, he recognized there wasn't this confederacy of nations that could exist because Roman Empire was ruling the world, he still was interested in, and, and I think that's interesting because now we live in a time when we're 2,000 years closer than from the time of Jesus, right? 1,800 years or so closer than the time of Irenaeus. And now we have a technological system because in those days they couldn't give you a number on your right hand or forehead, every nation, people, and tongue on the planet. Could they? Today they can. And I've given messages where the technology that's required for the end times to take place did not exist when so many of those prophecies were given. But now it does exist. And what's interesting about this is we're warned about this number being in the right hand, and the preposition could be in or on, but in the right hand or on, and I believe it'll probably be a computer chip, and you'll be able to buy or sell. Now, just a few years ago, people would think, I would never take such a thing. Well, tr true Christians, for sure. But a lot of people that aren't Christians, that just are concerned with privacy rights and, and, and the government ruling their lives in such a way, all kinds of people was like, I'd never take it. Now, people are just like, I'd take it to get toilet paper. I'd take it to get food. You know, a lot of people right now have been conditioned to just whatever the government will give me, whatever freedoms they'll give me. And we're the frog in the pot. And we're being conditioned. And it's quite interesting when you look at what's going on. And I've been watching technology since I was a new Christian because I remember I was a brand new Christian. I was reading the scripture. I, was, I wanted to know what the world was saying, what the Lord said about the world, where it was going. And I remember uh, some things that shocked me early on as a Christian. Brand new Christian. I go to Crown Bookstore. Apple Computers was new. And I thought, isn't that interesting? That Apple Computer, and I was, get, I was in the Word, and I'll send their computer, their, some of their advertisements. Uh, well, Apple, the whole apple with the bite taken out of it. What's that? The Bible doesn't mention what kind of fruit, but that's a symbol of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the computer is knowledge. I mean, where can you get the knowledge of good and evil better than the computer today? And I thought, isn't that interesting? And they call it Apple Computer. And one of the books I looked at, or one of the advertisements I had seen, was... You know, I think it was Adam and Eve at the tree with the serpent, you know, Apple computers. Sometime back then, I can't remember when, but I was like, wow, isn't that, well, it was obvious. Steve Jobs, you know, uh, the Us Festival, all the rockers getting together, just unite kind of thing. And then it was interesting because uh, now today, a lot of those that are Apple, Microsoft, a lot of the uh, leaders in the computer world are boast about taking ayahuasca which is a hallucinogenic drug that opens you up to the demonic world. And these are people, a lot of the people that are at the forefront of this whole movement. And it's, it's all connected to the same movement. And I thought it was very interesting that, and I found this out sometime later, because I didn't buy an Apple computer then, uh, I found out that, guess what? The first Apple computer, guess what they put the, the price as? $666.66. Just a coincidence. Hey, I got some, uh, got some swamp land for sale in Florida if you want to buy it, you know. Not, no, I'm just kidding. I don't. Uh, but you know what? Come on, guys. It's the same spirit. 
Satan leaves his fingerprint. The first Apple computer was retailed at $666.66. I told that to a brother that's in the computer world. He was like, he looked it up. He goes, you're right. I go, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And you could try to explain these things away, but, you know. And now I think it's interesting that Bill Gates, leader of Microsoft, which I think 75, 80 plus percent of the people in the world use Microsoft. Pentagon, I think, uses Microsoft for the most part. Uh, and Bill Gates, he is a scary character for a number of reasons. Oh, you know, he's, he, he's into charity and so forth, and he, he just built seven buildings, you know, to help people, you know, with regard to build, getting vaccines and so forth, and on and on and on. It's like, I don't care how much you do. When you are a rabid funder of killing babies through abortion, I don't care what else you say after that. Well, you know, Hitler did some good things. When you're, for, when you're involved in a Holocaust and you're acting like it's no big deal and you're talking about caring for other people, supposedly, at best, the guy is very, 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 very mixed up, right? If you want to even give him that kind of credit, you know, I leave him before God, but what he's doing is quite interesting. Now, we have to be careful because you have a lot of people and you, you got to be really careful with the conspiratist because you got to document everything. So you could go to the left and you can watch, you know, Rachel Maddow, you know, talk for three years about how Trump had colluded with the Russians and there's evidence and so forth. And then he's totally cleared, you know, and wasted millions and millions and millions of people's hours and the ratings shot up. She made a lot of money, I'm sure. All she was missing was the tinfoil hat though, you know. But you know what? We got to be careful on the, those who are more conservative can jump on things and then they can jump from this to this to that. So we've got to be careful because some people are saying, I want to say, what's the truth is often somewhere in the middle because some people are saying, Bill Gates is the one who started this, this. He's the one who calculated to, you know, start COVID-19 and he's unleashed it on the world. And now he's bringing the cure and the cure is going to come in the form of microchip and the mark of the beast. And it's like, you got to be really careful, guys, because then you say that, and then you can get discredited because you're jumping to a conclusion that's not clear. But at the same time, having said that, there are some real concerns I have with what he is doing and where this is all going, not just Bill Gates, you know, whether it's Newsom licking his chops saying, wow, we can get more power more bureaucracy and install more big brother over people, you know, or many of the other people, they want this lockdown to continue long before it needs to continue because they want power. Many of them want it to continue as long as possible because they don't want the economy to get better uh, because they want Trump out of office and they'd rather sacrifice people's lives who can't get uh, taken care of because they have problems with tumors or cancer. Many of them can't, by the way, can't get taken care of by the hospitals because so much of, has been shut down that it's, it's been estimated by many that there could be many more deaths because of suicide, uh, domestic ob abuse, uh, uh, depression, anxiety, cancer, uh, all kinds of different things than actually deaths that happened by coronavirus. Is that true? I don't know. I do know I've looked at the stats on their side. Either way, it's crazy, and the lockdown should not take place any longer than it has to. Now, what's the exact way to go forward? I don't claim to be an expert on that because it's probably different for every state and, and we aren't able to totally track the virus in a perfect way. So uh, there could be some mistakes made on the way. I can guarantee you this, 
when a state opens something up, if one person gets COVID-19 because they had a little more freedom, the left will just focus on that one case the whole time and not talk about everything else, you know? So you gotta be, it's, it's, you gotta be careful what you're watching with regard to the news and, and just not sinking your head into something saying, oh, and define everything by one specific incident either. But I wanna encourage you in this. I am very, very concerned because uh, what's been stated lately is you can go too far, as I said. Some are saying, okay, he basically uh, secretly wants to microchip people and kill people with his vi- the, vi- the, the, uh, uh, ant- the vaccines. And by killing mass people with the vaccines, uh, he'll get his depopulation of the earth, which Gates wants and so forth. And he's going to microchip them with the mark of the beast and everything else. I don't know that that is going on, guys. Okay, I, I, I have a hard time believing that's the exact plan personally. I think it's like, really? But at the same time, I do believe this. There's people in government, in the entertainment industry, in Hollywood, in technology, everything else that are used by the same forces that are at work for years, the spirit of Antichrist. And Bill Gates, you know, nothing personal against the guy. If you see him talking to someone, or you, he seems like a nice guy. But hey, it says the false prophet will look like a lamb but speak like a dragon. I want to say, what's he doing? And... It's pretty scary what he's doing with regard to children. And I'm going to read you some uh, things that I think are interesting. By the way, Bill Gates, Microsoft, uh, they had basically revealed a new patent in, just happened this year, uh, just not too long ago. And its number is WO20206060081. And some are saying, well, this patent, and by the way, this patent that he, they've put, out, they've put in for literally uh, monitors your behavior, you know? Uh, some say it's a microchip. I found no evidence, and that's why I say people go too far sometimes. There's no evidence that it's a microchip. It appears to be something you wear like a watch, can, you know, be hooked into the cloud, computer cloud above us, and, and then as you do certain things, you get rewarded, you know, based on what you do. And that's what it seems to be at this point. Now, you can see where a lot of this is going to go eventually, right? But that seems to be what it is at this point. But people are saying the WO in the beginning stands for world order, you know? And it's like, no, uh, they're calling it world order, you know? And no, it stands for uh, World Intellectual Property Organization, which was the patent offices that they applied for the patent in. World Intelligence Property Organization. So you don't, you got to be really careful not just repeating stuff you hear on the internet, you see on the internet, and just accept it, okay? But what is interesting to me, and I think this is very interesting though, is the patent number for this cryptocurrency that you wear that reads your behavior and rewards you based on your behavior and so forth. What's interesting to me is they published it with the numbers WO slash 2020, which is what the year the patent was put in for. And then guess what the next six digits are? 060606. Out of the infinitesimal, I should say, or the seemingly infinite amount of numbers you could have got, right? You get 060606. Now, I'm not saying Bill Gates called them personally and said, hey, I want this to be our number. You know, that's assigned to us. But guys, that is eerie. That is strange. And, you know, to me, it's kind of like, you know, the fir- price of the first Apple computer, $660 and 66 cents. Oh, just another coincidence. Really? How about the devil's footprints, man? You know, 
Whoever did it, however they did it, the enemy, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's a spirit, spiritual war. In fact, when I was a new Christian, I had a magazine I was going through on, uh, and it had an advertisement by Jansen, a guy named Jansen. He's the one who patented the barcode that you still use to this day. And guess how he advertised it? On his forehead. And I was new, I was new Christian, man. I'm like, 19, I don't know, it's like early 80s or so. I became a Christian in 81. And I was like, wow, I was very familiar with, I have Revelation 13, 16 through 18 memorized, you know. And he causes all, the small, the great, rich, poor, free, and bond, and so forth, King James. And I was like, what in the world? And it was an advertisement. He was, it was his advertisement, Jansen. I'm almost sure that was his name. And when I started looking at that barcode, it got really interesting because I started reading about this barcode and the barcode, the first numbers, the numbers are structured to where there's a bunch of lines, two line, every two lines represents a number, okay? And one side of the numbers, because they're split by two lines in the middle that are longer and two lines that are on the outside that are just more kind of like border lines. And the first numbers and the last numbers, one represents the, the type of product. So when you scan it, shows you from inventory's sake what, what has left the, uh, what product has left the store that needs to be, you know, restored. And then the other number was the cost that would come up on the cash register. Seemed pretty smart. But what's interesting is two of the lines on one side, two skinny lines represent a six. You see a six under it. Okay. The, on the other side, the lines were different for each number. But the, only the two skinny lines next to each other represent a six. I see that. Just, oh, there's a six. That's a six. But guess what? In the, in the, the beginning, in the middle, and the end of the barcode, the three spots all had those two skinny lines that represented the six. Okay? I think today it's the same. Now, the computer doesn't read them as six, six, six. Okay? They're just lines that are borders to the lines that they read. But I thought, what's the chances? <laughs> you know, they could have had a, a thousand different kind of things to represent the, the borders, but they picked two that at least visually, not computer-wise, but visually represented the six. Six, six, six. So I've been watching this for years. I also, since I've been watching it for years, and I don't, I don't go around saying, this is the mark of the beast. This is the mark of the beast. I never said, the barcode's the mark of the beast. I'm careful. You gotta be careful, okay? Otherwise, you're gonna have mud in your face and you're gonna be a bad witness, ultimately. What you can say is, come on, guys. The barcode, first Apple computer, Apple computer, bite out of it. Uh, Bill Gates, you know, uh, the 060606, hmm, maybe that one's a coincidence, but it doesn't seem like it, you know, especially when you know what we, what's been going on. And that number was assigned one way or another by someone, and any number could have been assigned. So the number wasn't, it's hard to believe that number was assigned on accident for that kind of technology, by the way, which tracks you, you know, uh, it's not to buy or sell apparently, yet, anyway, it's just very, very interesting that we are at this area. So when it says calculate the number of the beast, what does it mean calculate the number? It's the number of a man, right? And it's the number of his name. What does that mean, the number of his name? Now, in our, you know, if you're English or you speak English or, you know, and praise God, we have a great audience that loves Jesus in all kinds of different countries. I was just seeing uh, the demographics of who's listening to our podcast and so forth and 
our live streams and so forth recently. And I was like surprised because it got a pretty good chunk of Sweden. I was like, wow, I'm part Swedish, like a part, of, part, of a few, part of a few things. But I was like, wow, I can't believe how many Swedes are listening to our podcast and so forth. But it's kind of interesting, wherever you're at, if you speak English and most languages, the letters don't represent numbers, okay? When the Bible was written, both Hebrew and Greek, the two primary languages, I should say the two main languages, also written some Aramaic, uh, but the main language is Hebrew and Greek. The letters double as numbers. So it's not like you would have separate numbers from letters in Greek or Hebrew. You used, when you were doing math or you represented a number, you used letters, it's letters from your alphabet. Each of them had a numerical equivalency. Do you follow what I'm saying? So the youth, therefore, you could take someone's name and you could add up what each letter in, for instance, Hebrew or Greek represented and that each name had a numerical value. You understand? So, so if, if, your name, if my name is Joe and Joe is in, we just use my name as, a, as a, it, it, we use letters, our, our, our American alphabet double as numbers and we don't have numbers, J-O-E would represent, J would represent this many uh, this, this mount and O and E, and then you could see my numerical value. Not that it means anything, but it would have a numerical value assigned to it based on the math. It does mean something with regard to the Antichrist, though. And by the way, when Pompeii was, uh, they went to the ruins, and they dealt with uh, the ancient walls of Pompeii, someone wrote on the wall, I love her. I love her whose number is 545. Because whoever he loved, the number, her name value was 545. And he wrote it kind of as a riddle, but people could probably figure it out if they're in the village and say, hmm, who loves 545? Who's 545? So people knew a lot of times the value of their name numerically, you know. And it's interesting. The seventh day is the last day of the week, amen. The first day of the week is Sunday, which the early church fathers also called the eighth day, a new beginning, it's like a number of new beginnings, you know, the resurrection. Guess what the number of Jesus' name is? Yeshua, or I should say, Jesus in, in Greek. 888. No kidding. Jesus is 888. You can do it. I've, I've looked at each of the letters. Iota, 10. Eta, 8. Sigma, 200. Omicron, 70. Upsilon, 400. And Sigma, another 200, brings you to 888. Isn't it interesting? Well, the numerical value of the Antichrist name is what? 666. So somehow you can look at the numerical value of his name. Now, if you're speaking to people and you're writing in Greek, it may be that the name is supposed to be trans, say it's a non-Greek, right? But someone's name can be transliterated into Greek, what that value might be. Or for instance, people would try to say Nero was the Antichrist. And some preterists say, yeah, the number of his name is 666, and they give his name with his title, but they have to add an N on to his name to get it. It didn't work. They just wanted to believe the Antichrist came, so they just added an N to his name, when that wasn't how you typically write his name, you know? But it's quite interesting. Oh, by the way, I find this interesting. What do we call the internet? The world, what? World Wide Web. www. whatever, right? For addresses. Kind of interesting. Because the W in Hebrew is what's called the Wah, or Vav. Some will have the V for the W, but like Yahweh would be the W, Wah, same letter. Guess what the numerical 
equivalence of the what is in Hebrew? Six. WWW. Six, six, six. Quite interesting. Now, the numerical value, that's, isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's kind of just all crazy, you know? Uh, look at the, what's that most popular, one of the most popular uh, power drinks, you know? Unleashing the Beast, it says. Kind of interesting. What's monster drinks? Look at the, the, the WWW on that. It's kind of interesting. Unleashing the Beast. Interesting. So, uh, by the way, the numerical value, though, of WWW would not reach 666 because those three sixes would add up. If you were going to add them up, would be what? 18. If you were to read them straight, then you could say, you know, 666. But we're probably talking about the numerical value of somebody's name. So this is all quite interesting. By the way, uh, Bill Gates, he's Bill Gates III, by the way. And... The most, I was talking to Tony during our last podcast for this, which will air this coming week, of he was, how familiar he was, and I knew he was, with uh, ASC, uh, American Standard Code for II uh, Information uh, Interchange. And he is, because he uses it, it's the most common used format for text files, you know, in, in the computer language. So it's just interesting that Bill Gates III, because each number has a value. For instance, Bill... B is 66. And now as I'm telling Tony, he's looking this up on his computer, looking at the numerical value of the American Standard Code for Information Intercourse or Interchange. And he's like, yeah, the B is 66. B, I, Bill. The I is 73. Uh, the L is 76. And XL is 76. Gates, 71 for G, 65 for the A, 84 for the, the uh, T. Uh, e is 69. S is 83. That's Bill Gates. And then each one Three numerical, you know, the capital numerical value, the third, he's Bill Gates the third, which is not his whole name, but that's what he goes by, is, is uh, just one, one and one, that's three. You add that all up and it's 666. Are you saying Bill Gates the Antichrist? Oh, you're right, Joe, he is. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is interesting. Irenaeus was checking these things out and we're foolish not to check some things out because we're commanded in scripture let whom has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it's the number of a man. So guess what? Being a student of the Bible and being a student of prophecy, when people come to power and they're vying for more power, you betcha I'm checking them out. Whether it's because the computer code is the language of the day, which is kind of interesting, Bill Gates III, you know. And I don't say he's the Antichrist. Now, if he all of a sudden comes to power and the UN is like, man, this has been such a philanthropist and he's done such good works and so forth and he he's for our liberal agenda and everything let's put him in power and he starts working with you know the imams or whatever you know the pope and they start talking about this new world order Ooh, yeah i'll be looking at him and that may not even be the code right there maybe something else going on you know i'm not saying that's even it but right now i always joke i even did my wife's name to make sure when I'm, before I married. No, I'm just kidding. I did not. You know, I never thought about that until just, you know. Uh, my wife's more like an angel. But uh, you guys, we need to look at these things and check them out, see where they're going. And I'll tell you why Gates is very scary to me. Uh, I don't think, I'd be shocked if he ended up being the Antichrist. So we're not saying that. And so we misquote me, which the liberals love to do. So you got to make sure you qualify things over and over again so they can make no excuse, Right. My point is just to say, hey, 
there's a conditioning that's definitely going on and we're now we're in a time in history to where Big Brother is getting more and more control and people are fearful and they're ready to take numbers to buy or sell. They want to get into the party. You know, you get a, something to get in the party, you get a, something to get in an amusement park and it's become this thing where you want to get infused on your right hand, you know. Uh, and what if you don't have arms? Your forehead. What if you don't have, you know, it's all kinds of different things. And, and by the way, it would save a ton of trees. It'd be good for the environment. People think it would look at all the crime going around right now. Crime's getting worse and worse, especially as they're putting, well, we don't want people to get COVID-19, you know, uh, uh, on the streets. And uh, the criminals, I mean, seven high profile, I should say seven very dangerous sex, just really here in California, which I think it's California, uh, uh, offenders, you know, I don't know if they were rapists, child molesters, or both, were set free, you know, just set free on the streets. Something's wrong when the cure is worse than the disease. They're more concerned that they might get COVID-19 than they are about them molesting more children or raping more women. We live in a very demonic era, for sure. So it's interesting. Now, I'm really concerned because Bill Gates is so highly esteemed right now and I'm just con- I'm concerned about the agenda, not him being the Antichrist. That, that'll, when that happens, that'll happen with whoever it is, right? But the agenda these guys have, in fact, Bill Gates in the TED Talks, okay? Well, before I get to TED Talks, this is what he said in a CNN interview uh, when he's asked about, you know, uh, I don't know how to say her name for sure, but Dr. Sanjay Gupta, she's asked about $10 billion over the next 10 years to make, uh, quote, the year of vaccines. What does that mean exactly, she asked Gates on CNN. He says, over the dec- this decade, we believe an unbelievable progress can be made in both inventing new vaccines and making sure they get out to all the children who need them. We only need about six or seven more, and then you would have all these tools to reduce childhood death. Sounds good, right? If the, if the vaccines are safe, that is. Reduce population growth. Reduce population growth? Now what are you talking about? Talk about saving children. Now you're talking about having a lot less of them? And everything, the stability, the environment benefits from that. Interesting. How, would, how is he going to reduce population growth? Uh, TED Talks. Okay, and we actually play this on our podcast. I asked Tony if he could play this, and he did. Listen to this. He states, and so on our podcast, you'll actually hear him saying this. First, we've got population. The world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a, rea- a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, what's that? That's code for abortion and killing, mass killing babies, a holocaust against the babies, for the most part. Uh, And then he goes on to say, we could lower that by perhaps 10 to 15%. So we get to 9 billion, we can lower that 15% of 9 billion guys. You're talking, you know, what, a billion and a half people or so? You know how many a billion and a half people are? That's like a few times the population of our country, and we're a very large country. Now, it's interesting because Gates, uh, in an interview he did with Bill Moyers, Gates revealed that his father was heavily involved in 
uh, various volunteer things. And he said, when I was growing up, my parents were almost involved in various volunteer, always involved in various volunteer things. My dad was head of, my dad was head of Planned Parenthood, okay? And it was very controversial to be with that. And so it's fascinating on and on. Isn't that interesting? His dad was the head of Planned Parenthood. And April 16th, 2020, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, Life News reported, quote, that Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, a known fancier of abortion organizations, is also funding an international family planning organization that distributes the abortion pill worldwide. DKT International operates offices in 24 countries and boasts that it is one of the world's largest providers of family planning. Okay, also, between 2018 and 2020, Newsbusters reports that the Gates Foundation, quote, gave at least $11 million, $11,381,000 to the Population Council. Okay, also, the Gates Foundation gave Planned Parenthood, quote, at least $81 million, which Planned Parenthood founded, this is my words now, which uh, Planned Parenthood was founded by uh, arch-occultist Margaret Sanger, right? Full-blown, you know, she had her husband live on the other side of the house. She put a line in between the two and he could only see her if he asked for a date, you know, and she's totally into the occult and she was into eugenics and killing off certain uh, people from certain races and she wanted the uh, black people specifically. I got quotes where she talks about, let's get a shrill, let's get a shrill of uh, 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 fake black ministers to represent us so we can move into the black communities. And to this day, per capita, Planned Parenthood has killed more black babies than I think any other race. They target them. It's wickedness. It's racism. So she was a eugenicist that was actually working with people associated with the Nazi, the Nazi party, you know. And now, and I think, was it Hillary Clinton said that she's her hero, you know. Just wicked, guys. We have a whole video called The Dark Secrets of Planned Parenthood, which we get into this. So you can check that out. But I did like, I don't know, five, six years ago or so. So this is all really, really uh, crazy when you think about it. Sick. $81 million Gates gave to Planned Parenthood. I mean, think about that, guys. So we're talking about a guy that, can, that really doesn't seem to care. The most, what's the most innocent life? Our children, amen. What's the most vulnerable life? Our babies. And that's why when I'm talking about ethics to somebody and they're for killing little babies and think it's okay to kill little babies, I can't hear another word they say about justifying anything else. I, their opinion to me, if, if, if I'm talking to somebody and they believe it's okay to kill Jews because they're a Nazi, I have a hard time appreciating other things that they say at that point that have to do with ethics because they don't even care about those. They don't care about other human beings who are made in the image of God. So this is like wicked, you know, and it repulses the heart of God. And God judges nations and we're one of them because they have blood on their hands and because they kill the babies. When God comes against a couple times in the book of Jeremiah, through the prophet Jeremiah, God thunderously speaks through him to people who are putting to death babies, sacrificing their children to the Baals and to Moloch, you know, and they were doing it for prosperity. Baal was the God who would cause you to prosper and you'd have more wealth. And well, a lot of people kill their babies because guess what? They want more wealth. They don't want their baby to be a parasite, as some abortionists call them. 
Some of them call them tumors, you know. They're babies. They're human beings made in the image of God. And so we're talking about really, really serious stuff here, folks. And I want to really encourage you that I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast, so don't misquote me. What I'm saying is there's a conditioning going on in the world with regard to killing, a conditioning with regard to disregard for human life. Because if you can get people, if you can get people to accept the butchering of babies, it's going to be very easy to get them to kill a bunch of Christians who are the last vestiges of their conscience which they've seared in which they'll have all kinds of, you know, things they'll roll out because there's millions and millions and millions of people that claim to be Christians and uh, many of them don't walk with Jesus. So it's like anybody, there's firemen that don't, don't, aren't good firemen. There's police officers that aren't good fire police officers. There's teachers who aren't good teachers. You can always find that. But they'll parade that and then they'll say, hey, these guys are ruining our system they're jeopardizing our health. They're jeopardizing the future of our nation or our, our world. And Jesus said we'll be hated by all nations because of his name. Now, there'll be judgment for those who take the mark of the beast. Revelation 16, verses 1 and 2 says, Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out your seven bowls of, of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the land, and ugly festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. Isn't that interesting? They've worked with biochips and so forth, and they found out that with lithium batteries, things of that nature through the years, that, so, that there's concerns that it could affect us in our health. Isn't that interesting? Whether it does, or they, they might think they perfected it, but guess what? God's going to say, boom, he'll unleash a, a judgment upon them. And in Revelation chapter 14, it says, it talks about a third angel following, and he's talking about drinking the wine of God's wrath. And he talks about those who take the mark of the beast, they will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise up forever and ever. There will be uh, no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image and anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for patient, listen to this, verse, verse 12. This calls for patient endurance on the, on the uh, uh, patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep the commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Yes, Christians are still there. Amen? The church is still there, by, by the way, guys. This is addressed to the church, book of Revelation. And those who are faithful to Christ must remain faithful to him at this time. So I want to encourage you because there'll be a lot of people who profess faith in Christ right now that will ultimately take the mark of the beast should it happen in our lifetime. That's why he calls for patient endurance on the part of those who obey God's commandments. What commandments? Commandments like not to take the mark of the beast. You gotta obey that. Amen. Commandments that Jesus said, he that endures to the end will remain saved. Amen. Jesus said not to deny him or he'll deny us. Amen. So, and remaining faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, the people of God who keep his commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. It's, it says this calls for patient endurance. So I wanna encourage you right now don't just decide in your mind and say, yeah, of course, I would never take it. It's good to say that, hopefully. Peter said, I'll never deny you. It can't be just saying that. You need to be praying to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. By your grace, I won't take it. That's how I say that, by your grace. So I pray that you would endure that time should it happen in our lifetime. I encourage you to make that one of your prayers that you'll be faithful to the Lord. And you know how you can know how faithful you'll be? He that's faithful in little will be faithful in much. Amen? 
Jesus said if he comes back and you're getting drunk with the drunkards and beating the maidservants, he'll cut you in pieces and put you down believers. So if you're getting drunk with the drunkards now, guess what? You're faithful a little, you're going to be faithful in much. It's going to be a lot harder to resist that temptation. Oh, well, no, I won't take it. If it goes down, man, I'll get serious. Hey, you know what? You need to be serious right now. You don't know when your life's going to end. Amen. And the Bible says, for all those who don't love the truth, they're given a strong delusion that they should believe the lie and they'll follow Antichrist and they'll follow him whose coming will be after the work of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, but they had pleasure in unrighteousness. So you have to be very, very concerned that you love the truth right now, that you love Jesus right now, that you're obeying him right now, that you're following him right now. Because the time is going to come when it's going to be too late. And if you're not prayed up, Remember what Jesus said to Peter? Pray that you will not enter into temptation. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen? That's instructive. This is how you apply this study. You spend time adoring the Lord, thanking the Lord. You spend time praising him. You spend time praying to the Lord, saying, Lord, give me strength. Because Peter said, I'll never deny you. He was so cocksure that he wasn't going to deny Jesus that he didn't think it was important to pray. And then what happened? Boom, he fell on his face. Boom, he fell on his face. Denied the Lord three times. Then the cock crowed, and then he wept bitterly. He couldn't believe it because this big, tough, rugged fisherman that was the toughest guy around, he thought, guess what? A little lady at the very end said, weren't you one of them that was with him? No, I was not. He denied it with, a, with swearing an oath, you know. And then the cock crows. It's like, whoa, that's instructed to us. Let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. Amen. If you're thinking you're standing, praise God. Take heed lest you fall. Pray, your spirit's willing, praise God, but your flesh is weak. And if you do not pray up, the Bible says that we're strengthened through praying in the Holy Spirit in the book of Jude. Amen? So we pray and we say, God, so one of my prayers is, Lord, help me never give in to temptation. I pray that all the time. Lead us not temptation, deliver us from evil. But also, Lord, let me, if it costs me my life, please, by your grace, give me the strength not not to compromise in any way, you know? And the more you pray that, the stronger you'll get. You will. Because... We have not because we ask not, but we ask according to his will, we have it, right? Is it his will that we endure when we face hard times? Yeah. And then keep things in perspective. This food lasts a little while. Guess how long it says the Antichrist will rule? 42 months. Now, the people that are deluded are going to say, who can make war with him? You know, who can make war with him? They're thinking it's forever, you know? I mean, they gave life to the image of the beast. Wow, they can even bring life. Miracles, false prophets do miracles. Big delusion, Christians be killed. Just like they looked at Jesus on the cross, it looks like the Christian, that Christ was losing. He rose on the third day. Looks like Christians are losing. Guess what? Christ is coming back, amen, with the saints. But guess what? You have to keep in mind, the world's under illusion. You keep in mind, the Antichrist only reigns for 42 months. You might have bread. You might have some food for 42 months. And I may lose my head. You, you know, as believers, we might lose our head or we may be hiding in the mountains somewhere. But guess what? I always say, the, the best thing that could happen to you is to go to heaven. And that's what happens when you lose your head, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. You're going to scare me with being right with Jesus forever? That shouldn't scare you. You have to keep the eternal perspective. And you also have to be very, very careful because in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, Jesus says, don't think that I've come to bring peace, but a sword. A man's enemies shall be, they have their own household. And mother will be against daughter, and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, father against son, and so forth. And he says that right after, he says a few verses earlier, 
He talks about in that same chapter, the one that endures to end will be saved. Don't fear man, but fear God who can destroy the body, but fear God who can destroy body and soul in hell. All in that same chapter. If you deny me before men, I'll deny me before my Father in heaven. If you confess me, I'll confess you. All that's in that same chapter. It's in that chapter where he says that there'll be family disunity because of the word of God. And you have to make sure in your heart that you are putting Jesus before any family member. I, mean, I praise God. I have my mom, my dad, before he died last year, was coming at the end of his life. He professed faith. Uh, and my five brothers and sisters, all of us, including myself, all, I'll go here. But it wasn't that way at the beginning. I was the only Christian I knew for a while. And I was working on my family and friends for a while. I didn't know if they were going to come. But you could ask my mom. Well, a few of you can ask your mom because we've got this distancing going on. But uh, it was all about Jesus for me. And I was hoping and praying they would come along. I was witnessing I became the Jesus freak in the house. I was pleading with them to come to Christ. I didn't know they were going to come along. But you know what? What was first in my life and what is first in my life by God's grace today is my, is my Lord God and my spiritual family. Thank you, thankfully, my natural family became part of my spiritual family because otherwise I'd have to leave them behind. But I didn't say, okay, who do I want to, you know, a, a girlfriend that I had as a, as a believer before Lisa, only one girlfriend before I met Lisa as a, as a believer. I had, you know, there's BC, of course, is guess what? I had to make sure she was following Jesus, you know? The same Jesus. And we thought we were gonna get married and everything, but mm, didn't work out. And it was very painful. It was like my Isaac on altar at that time. Because I thought, wow, this was God riding off of the sunset, horseback riding together, beautiful gal, it looks great. <laughs> Whoa, where's she at spiritually? I remember on the floor in my room, bawling like a baby when we, I told her we can't be together. Can't get married. My heart was in it, but guess what? Heart and soul were mostly in Jesus, right? So I had to count the cost, you know? And I was already doing that with my family. If they weren't going to go follow Jesus, I had to keep following Jesus. And guess what? The best way for me to get them to follow Jesus was not by compromising and acting like I was with them and, and not following Jesus. Because that would never lead them to Jesus. I need to let them know that I was for real. And Jesus is for real. Amen? And then one by one, my mom, my dear mom, it hurts to see with a black eye, mom, but praise God. You look, you're better today than you were a couple days ago, is gave a salvation call. She came up to the altar, returned to Jesus, hasn't turned back since. It was great to see all my, every single one of my family come. But you know what? I was going to follow Jesus with them or without them, and I'm so glad it's with him now. You need to say, hey, I don't, whatever my children decide to do, or my spouse decides to do, or my parents decide to do, I'm going to remain faithful to Jesus. Because guess what's going to happen, guys? The time's going to come when people are going to betray each other, even family members, because they don't, they're hiding out or they're not going to take the mark of the beast or, you know, and we read in, Revelation, in Mark 13, verse 11, but when they arrest you and hand you over, do not uh, worry beforehand what you will say. Instead, speak whatever you were given at that time, for it is not you who are speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Recognize the Holy Spirit will be with you and he'll empower you. God has not left us orphans. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all with us. Brother will betray brother to death and father his child. Children will rise up against their parents and have them put to death. Catch that? Children will rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. Wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. That means right now. So you know what? You know how you can make sure you have victory now or, or then if it comes down to it? Is that right now you're not putting your parents, your siblings, your children before Jesus. Okay? God loves your children far more than you do. Okay? But would you sell out 
the Lord? Would you betray the Lord and the brothers and sisters based on some familial relationship of someone that doesn't really love God and allow your relationship with the Lord to be destroyed? How wicked is that? Jesus says, you must love me, same chapter, by the way, Matthew 10 that we were in earlier, you must love me more than you love mother, father, children. We have to put him first. They, otherwise, that's an idol. I knew that. When I was reading the scripture, I was like, wow, Lord, I'm a new Christian. And I already belonged to him, but I was like, wow, I need to make this clear. And I memorized, I memorized a lot of scripture as a new believer. And I memorized Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36. You know, think not that I come to bring a sword or peace, but a sword. A man's foes shall be they of his own household, King James, and on and on. Because I wanted to make sure that I was faithful to Jesus to the end. Okay, and that's why the Lord's called me, because he wants you to make sure he wants me to preach in such a way where we know what his word says. Amen? In fact, guess what? When Lot was taken out of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Guess who reneged? Guess who was going with him for a while? His wife, right? But you go to Luke chapter 17, verse 28, and we read this. It'll be the same as it was in the days of Lot. They were eating and they were drinking. They were buying and they were selling and they were planning. They were building. This is going to be the same as the second coming. It's going to seem like normal building projects. Oh, there's great big, you know, uh, investment in the infrastructure going on, you know, and when it just happens and stuff. In verse 28, it was the same as happened then. And then he says, verse 29, says Jesus, but on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven. And it destroyed them all. Not seven years later, not some pre-trip seven years to take you out. No, Lot was there to the end. Took him out, then it fire came. We're here to the end, man. Jesus takes us out, then the fire comes. Armageddon. And he said it'll be the same on that way. Verse 30. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. No pre-trip rapture there, guys. Verse 31. On that day, the one who is on the housetop and whose goods are in the house must not go down and take them out. And likewise, the one who is in the field must not turn back. Then he says this, verse 32, remember Lot's wife. We're supposed to draw a line and say, wow, look what happened to her. Look what happened to her. Whoever seeks to keep his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, he says, I tell you, on that night, there will be two in one bed and one will be taken and the other will be left. Just like Lot was taken out, one will be taken and one will be left. There will be two women grinding at the same place. One will be taken and the other will be left. By the way, where will they be taken? Verse 37, in answering, or they say, where, Lord? They say, where, Lord? And he says to them, where the body is, uh, or where will they be left behind in this case, right? Where the body is, there also the vultures will be gathered. Those who are left behind are going to be at the battle of Armageddon to fight against Jesus, will be caught up to meet in the air, and then he's going to come and destroy the wicked who have assembled against him. Armageddon. Remember Lot's wife, though, he says. Remember Lot's wife. I remember uh, hearing about a woman's uh, dream. She said that she was just focusing too much on her house and her home and became all about her home instead of the kingdom of God and the gospel and witnessing. And she said, then the rapture came. And she went up in the rapture and she was going up with her family and just going up and then she got past the roof and all of a sudden she stopped. Like, what in the world? And she's stuck. They're all going up, but she's not going up. And she looked down and she saw this rope, you know, tied to her leg which was tied to the furniture in the house. And she said, the Lord was showing me that I was more attached to material things than I was to Jesus, okay? And praise God, God blesses us with some things. You know, he wants you to have food and covering and be content with it. 
But let your dream be Jesus, because this life is a vapor. It's here and then it's gone, amen? Stay focused. Right now, there's people perishing everywhere, amen? And if we try to, you know, I'm not saying you can't dream and stuff like that, but make sure your dream is the Lord's dream, amen? Make sure it's not your own personal isolated dream apart from the Lord, amen? And make sure you're bringing people with you to the kingdom of God and you're preaching the gospel and that you, that you make that the main focus in your life, that it's about Jesus. Can you honestly say Jesus is the main focus in your life? Can you say he's first? Is he first before children, before parents, before siblings, before spouses? Is he first before your house? Is he first before your car? Is he first before yourself? If you love your life, Jesus says you'll lose it. If you lose it, then you'll, or you'll save it. If you lose it, you'll save it. If you lose it, give it to him, you'll save it. If you save it, my life, I'm gonna do it with what I want. Then you're gonna lose it, because no, you were created by God, amen? So I know we covered a lot of different things, a lot of different ground, but I wanna encourage you that uh, we have our eyes on what's going on right now, politically, spiritually, technologically, with regard to life issues, regard to the call that we have. Let's not be dissuaded from continuing to put Jesus first, from continuing to share the gospel, from continuing to love one another, amen, because the love many will grow cold, and continuing to make sure that we don't put our trust in government. The Bible says, cursed is the one who puts his trust in man. Amen? But make sure your trust is in Jesus. Having said that, praise God. I told you guys last week, please try if you can to have communion with us and if you weren't able to get it together this week, see if you can get some, some grape juice and some uh, unleavened bread for next week, amen? But uh, praise God, because Jesus said we're supposed to do this in remembrance of him. And uh, praise God. The Bible actually says in 2 Peter chapter 1 that talks about certain people that have become short-sighted and blind and they fall away. And it says they forget that they were saved from their past sins. That can happen. Don't let that happen to you. Remember what Jesus did for you and continue to put your trust in him. Father, we thank you for the bread which represents your son's body and we partake of it in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you for Jesus' shed blood on the cross because your word says he came to give his life a ransom for many, one for the many. They tasted death for everyone. And we thank you for the cup which represents his shed blood. We pray if there's anybody out there who has not been forgiven of their sins, that they would recognize that we've all sinned and come short of your glory and that the wages of sin is death and that we are separated from you eternally because of our sin. But only Jesus could bridge the gulf through the cross. He is the way, the truth, and life, Father. No one comes to Father, you, Father, but through him. And we thank you, Father, for his gospel because he paid for our sins on the cross when he took our judgment that we deserve for us so we could be forgiven and be made the righteousness of God in him. We thank you for the cup. We partake of it with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.